It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it through a weekend. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio, Monday, April 25th. We are 12 days away from the running of the Kentucky Derby. (sighs) It sneaks up on you. And Mother's Day is the day after the Derby. That doesn't happen very often. So this public service announcement is free of charge. Get your Mother's Day gift before you go to the Derby or the Oaks or Thurby. Do your job, men, especially men. Get your wife a gift. Get your mom a gift. Get your grandmother a gift. Whoever you gift for on Mother's Day, don't forget it. Don't wake up on Sunday morning hungover, long day Saturday, and realize, oh, man, I better get to the donut shop. I better I better get to the Walgreens and figure out a gift card for mom. Do it early because Mother's Day is the day after the Kentucky Derby this year. I didn't realize it. I found out today. M&M Cartage Hotline is open 384-1450, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, plenty to talk about today. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text machine, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts. Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A lot to get to today. NBA playoffs have been great. They continue to be great. They will continue to be great after this. We'll talk a lot of NBA playoffs today. The Reds finally won a game after 11. Is it 11 losses in a row? Oh, man. They beat St. Louis yesterday 4-1. to one. It's just not pretty. They can't score any runs. Pitching was great yesterday. Tyler Molly was great. They uh, lose two out of three to the Cardinals. They're going to lose two out of three, three out of four, three out of three to just about everybody because they cannot hit the baseball. And look, Major League Baseball has a epidemic of low scoring so far this year. I mentioned this last week. I think part of it is the uh, balls in the hum- in the humidor. It's d- uh, the balls aren't going anywhere. I get that. Uh, but the Reds are worse than atrocious. They are horrible. They have, uh, I'm guessing, one of the lowest three or four batting averages in the league, if not the lowest. I'm guessing the lowest. So uh, the Reds finally win. The Yankee fans are the worst. Yankee fans are the worst. I'll get to that. They threw debris at the opposing outfielders after they won in Yankee Stadium. They didn't even lose the game. They won the game. Miguel Cabrera, 3,000th hit yesterday. Miguel Cabrera is so underrated. When you talk about best players in the game over the last 20 years, you talk about Derek Jeter and you talk about Albert Pujols, and there's a lot of guys you throw in there. Mike Trout is mentioned. Miguel Cabrera has played 20 years in the major leagues. This is 20th season. He's got 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. He's batted 300 for his career, 300 batting average, actually 310. 
He is one of three players to have that distinction. The other two are Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. That's pretty good company. But you don't talk about Miguel Cabrera. When we bring up the best players over the last 15, 20 years, his name doesn't come up. He won a triple crown in 2012. Best at, He's the last to win a triple crown. Highest batting average, most home runs, and most RBIs. Nobody's going to win a triple crown anytime soon because the guys that are trying to hit home runs and, and, uh, and launch angle and exit velo, they don't care what their batting average is. They don't. Miguel Cabrera's 3,000th hit was a ground ball through the right side that had been vacated because of his shift. He takes his hits. He knocks in runs. He hits home runs, and now he's got 3,000 hits. 2003 World Series champion, his rookie year with the Florida Marlins. I think they were the Florida Marlins back there, not the Miami Marlins. But congratulations to Miggy. That was that was fantastic yesterday, or, uh, or two days ago. And then yesterday, last night, if you weren't watching the NBA playoffs and you turned over to watch the uh, Phillies and the um, Brewers, you saw Kyle Schwarber, former Indiana Hoosier, former Chicago Cub, snap. Angel Hernandez doing uh, balls and strikes. And look, Angel Hernandez gets a lot of grief on social media. He is a terrible, terrible umpire, major league umpire. He's been doing it for years, maybe 25, 30 years. And it's time to hang him up, Angel. Because balls and strikes, he has no clue. And Kyle Schwarber took strike three. It was a few inches off of the outside corner and low maybe. And he snapped. It was glorious. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. Uh, you can find it on a lot of Twitter mess- Twitter boards. Google it. Whatever you got to do. Kyle Schwarber snapping on Angel Hernandez. It was great. He threw the bat knowing full well. I'm getting tossed here. Threw the bat, threw the helmet. And then the gyrations that, uh, and I give I give uh, Carl Ravage ESPN a lot of a lot of credit last night. He said he didn't care. He knew he was getting thrown out. He just wanted to let Angel Hernandez know you don't know what's outside, you don't know what's inside, you don't know what's high, you don't know what's low, you don't know anything, and you're bad both ways. Both teams should be out here yelling at you, but I'm going to take the heat here. He's going to get fined. He maybe will get suspended a game. Uh, Joe Girardi, the Phillies manager, came out to just kind of calm the situation down. I don't know if he eventually got tossed or not. But it if you saw it, it's one of those things I watched over and over and over. You ever get one of those on, on Twitter that you go, man, I just keep watching this. This is, this is great. It was great. And Angel Hernandez didn't argue back. He just threw him out of the game and stood there and took it. He's a terrible ball and strike umpire. And he's not much better in the field either. But uh, Google it, YouTube it, Kyle Schwarber, Angel Hernandez. It was fantastic. Um, Some basketball to talk about. Ben Simmons won't play tonight. Shock, shock, shock. Uh, Apparently his back is not better. I feel for Steve Nash here. All right, this is who I feel for. Steve Nash, first-year coach, never been a head coach before. And you take on the job with the Brooklyn Nets and you think, okay, I got Kevin Durant, I got Kyrie Irving, I got James Harden. 
at the beginning of the year. You're pretty happy here, right? Favorites to win it all. Betting favorites to win it all. And so here's what Steve Nash has had to deal with. A player in Kyrie Irving who did not get vaccinated, so he couldn't play half of his team's games. He couldn't play in Brooklyn, his home home arena because of New York City mandates. He couldn't play uh, when they went to play the Knicks. He couldn't play in Toronto. Still can't play in Toronto. <coughs> Excuse me. So you're missing half of the games with him. Then Kevin Durant gets hurt. So you miss some games with KD. James Harden is disgruntled. He doesn't like his situation. He wants out. So they trade him to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, and the thought process is, well, James isn't happy. It's not working. Let's go ahead and get Simmons. He wants out of Philadelphia anyway. We'll get him in here. We'll get him healthy, ready to go, mentally uh, ready to play ball, and we'll, we'll have him for the playoff run. He hasn't played. He hasn't played a game in almost a year now, almost a year, when he wouldn't take a dunk because he was afraid he was going to get fouled and have to shoot free throws. And he's not playing tonight. The rumor was he was going to play in game four. Even before game three that Brooklyn lost on Saturday, the rumor mill was he's going to play game four. They lose. Now he's not going to play game four. Back tightened up. (sighs) Horrible for Steve Nash. Because here's what you're promised when the season starts. We got the best team in the league. We got the big three. We got the latest big three in Ben, in, uh, excuse me, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That's what you're promised when you take this job. Now, I don't feel bad for Steve Nash. He's making a lot of money. I just feel bad for the situation Steve Nash is in. Because now you're down 3-0 to the Celtics. You, the uh, player you traded for is not going to play. Kyrie is not, uh, because of religious objections, is not eating or drinking during the day on on the days that he has to play that night. He had 16 the other night. He uh, was terrible in game two as well. Kevin Durant not playing well, making excuses. And look, if, he, if Ben Simmons is not going to play tonight, he's, if they win tonight, he's certainly not going to play in game five in the Boston Garden. That's not happening. He's not going to play in game five. He's not playing at home in game four where everybody would be up and cheering and pulling for him. And Boston fans are brutal. Brutal. And I'm a Celtics fan. And some of the heckling that Boston Celtic fan does is not suitable for women or children. And it's probably not suitable for men either, to be perfectly frank. He ain't playing in Boston in game five, even if they win game four tonight. I will uh, go through all the NBA playoff scenarios here. Uh, It's been great. The only team to not win a game in the playoffs that was in the playoffs so far, Brooklyn Nets. Toronto won a game. Denver's won a game. Atlanta won a game coming out of the uh, play-in series. The only team not to win a game, Brooklyn Nets. And they're favored tonight by a point. It they might be mailing it in tonight because if you're if you're KD, if you are any of those ancillary players on the outskirts, Bruce Brown 
or Claxton, do you even want to go back to Boston for game five? Do you even want to go back? The competitor in you says, yes, of course, we can do this. Nobody's ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in NBA history. But nobody came back from a 3-0 deficit in Major League Baseball to the Yankees lost a 3-0 lead to the Red Sox back in 2004. It had never been done. So, you know, it's not impossible. It's highly unlikely, but it's not impossible. I just hope Kyrie has a salad or something today. Get a little sustenance in you. Maybe you'll play a little better. Have a Gatorade. Have some electrolytes. Have a steak. Because as much respect as I have for religious beliefs, and I do, your teammates sure don't, they're not being helped here. I'm sure they're not happy with you. So we'll talk some more NBA. Uh, North Carolina going to get four of the five starters back that went to the NCAA title game last year. Four out of five. R.J. Davis, Leaky Black, Armando Baycott and Caleb Love announced yesterday he's coming back. The only one they're not going to have back is Brady Manick, the maniac. Um, he'll be gone. He'd probably come back if he could, but he can't. So Carolina, I would imagine, be the number one team in the country in the preseason. Look, I expected R.J. Davis to come back. I expected Leaky Black to come back. But Caleb Love and Armando Baycott, I guess you go, uh, you're told, look, you're not a a first-round draft pick. Might as well go back. Might as well take advantage of the NIL, improve your draft stock. That's what Oscar Shibway is going to do. But uh, Carolina going to be loaded again next year. And by the way, Duke, not so much. Mark Mark, uh, Williams is gone. Uh, yesterday they lost another one of their best players going to go pro. So we'll see. Uh, Chabi from, uh, I know I'm saying that wrong, from Kansas, he's gone. So Carolina going to be loaded. I saw a uh, mock top 25 uh, yesterday, and Kentucky's number two. Uh, now, Severe Wheeler did officially announce that he's coming back. Uh, so the Cats get back the front court. They're going to get back, obviously, Shibway. But you get Collins, you're probably going to have Toppin back. Uh, maybe, you're holding out hope here, but maybe Keon Brooks even comes back. In the back court, you get Wheeler back. Uh, you get C.J. Frederick, uh, who is going to be your shooter next this coming year. And then a couple of uh, – you're still looking for maybe a, a one or two transfer portal guys. Louisville, by the way, Kenny Payne got his first recruit over the weekend. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, the transfer portal from Tennessee, uh, has committed to the cards. Now, that's a nice get for Kenny, Kenny Payne. Now, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield – I hope we can call him something else, by the way. Do, do we call him Huntley? Do we call him Hatfield? Do we call him BHH? I just, that's, those are too many syllables. I'm not going to say Brandon Huntley Hatfield every time I'm talking about this dude. 3.9 points a game, three rebounds, three tenths of an assist per game for Brandon Huntley Hatfield. He's 6'10, 246. 
But he got a lot better toward the end of the season, and he actually turned heads in the SEC tournament. He was really good. He was really good. I was kind of surprised that he left Tennessee. Now, every major program does the same thing. They recruit above what they already have, right? So if Rick Barnes is bringing in somebody that might be a little better than BHH, then it probably is best for BHH to get out of town. And that's what he does. And the beneficiary here is Louisville and Kenny Payne. Uh, He also, um, you know, you got Mike James coming back, Sidney Curry, L. Ellis, Jalen Withers, J.J. Trainer. You still got five spots on that roster, even with Huntley Hatfield coming in. You still got five spots. So Kenny Payne has got still some work to do. Uh, the deadline to put your name in the transfer portal is May 1st, which is, I believe, Sunday coming up. So now you can take guys out of the portal after that. You can, you know, you can do that. But to put to transfer without sitting out a year, May 1st is the deadline to put your name in the portal. So that's what you keep in mind. Once Sunday gets here, that's it. Those guys that are in the portal are the guys you can choose from, try to pick and choose, try to get somebody to come to your school. Uh, I think Kenny Payne's going to have to do a little bit of that, a little more than Calipari has to do. Calipari is going to have to get at least one, maybe two. They're still waiting on the kid from Illinois State. Um, if Kentucky's going to get him, it's probably going to be early this week. All right, we'll take a break. A lot to get to here. We'll talk some NBA playoffs on the other side. Joel Embiid, how hurt is he? Um, Major League Baseball weekend was fun as well. Kyle Schwarber, guys, YouTube it. It was fun. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Hit me up on the Eminem Cartage hotline. To join in on the conversation, that number is 502-384-1450, 384-1450. Or you can always visit the uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. The Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio golf card. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake for under $25 a round. Cart included. Get yours today. Supply is limited. Um, the schools that Louisville beat out for the services of Brandon Huntley Hatfield of Tennessee were SMU, Auburn, Wake Forest, and Arizona State. Not exactly a who's who there of great college basketball, although Auburn has, you know, under Bruce Pearl, that's a, that's a pretty good one to beat out because Bruce Pearl usually gets some, some dudes in at Auburn. Uh, But Wake Forest, SMU, Arizona State, again, he averaged four points, three rebounds a game. But I I will continue to beat the drum that he was really good late in the season, especially in the SEC tournament. Bryce Hopkins has found a home. The former Kentucky Wildcat will end up at Providence 
to play for my man Ed Cooley. Uh, so Noah Locke of Louisville and Bryce Hopkins of uh, Kentucky going to be playing together next season for the Providence Friars. NFL draft is this week. The NFL's intriguing. It starts Thursday. Round one is Thursday. It's very intriguing because as of today, or over the weekend, I guess I should say, the favorite in Las Vegas to be the number one pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars is now Trayvon Walker, the defensive lineman from Georgia. For the last month or so, we thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from Michigan. Now, Hutchinson has better numbers than Walker over his collegiate career. Um, He's a sure thing. He's a safe pick. Now, there are no sure things. He's a safe pick. Trayvon Trayvon Walker is an upside pick. He's got a higher ceiling. I love that. He's got a higher ceiling. It doesn't matter if he's never going to reach that ceiling. He's got a higher ceiling. That's why we're going to take him. So right now, the favorite in Vegas, Jacksonville, first pick, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, defensive lineman. In fact, there might be five or six Georgia Bulldogs taken in the first round. Detroit's got the second pick. They're in the catbird seat here because they can do a lot of things. They can trade down, or they can say, well, Jacksonville, whoever you don't take, that's that's who we're taking, and it's going to be a good pick no matter what. Um, the Lions at number two have had success in that spot when they're the number two pick. Now, you don't want to be the number two pick unless you've traded into the number two pick because that means you were pretty awful last year. Houston's got the third pick. The Jets have picks number four and ten. The Giants have picks number five and seven. Now, the interesting thing about the NFL draft and it happens every year, is something happens you don't see coming, right? Something happens and you go, oh, we didn't see that coming. When Baker Mayfield went number one overall, we really didn't see that coming until about an hour before the first pick when everybody said, eh, we're hearing Baker Mayfield now. No, Baker Mayfield's not going to go number one. Yeah, he did. And things like that happen. Crazy trades happen. Now, last year, if you remember – the uh, right, right before the draft, day before, day of, it was the Aaron Rodgers story. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver. Denver just traded Von Miller to the Rams for some draft picks. They're going to take those draft picks and send them to Green Bay and get Aaron Rodgers. That's what's going to happen. Never happened. But that was the scuttlebutt on draft day. We're just waiting. It's coming. It's going to happen here. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver. Never happened. Now Aaron Rodgers is set with the Packers. Russell Wilson is now in Denver. But that's what happens on draft day. Crazy things happen or crazy things are rumored that never happen. I don't know where Baker Mayfield's going to end up. Is he get traded in the next three days before the draft? Because if you look at this draft, it's not exciting. What makes a draft, an NFL draft, exciting? Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks make the draft exciting. There are plenty of great wide receivers in this year's draft. I don't know if there are any great quarterbacks. Malik Willis will probably get picked by somebody in the first round. Uh, Maybe Seattle, they've got the ninth pick. 
part of that uh, Russell Wilson trade. Maybe Seattle will, will take Malik Willis at number nine. Maybe the Falcons at number eight. Marcus Mariota right now is their starting quarterback. Well, yeah, that's their starting quarterback. But he's the guy right now. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett got some run early, but he's got small hands. Oh, no, he's got small hands. Kenny Pickett might go in the first round. After that, you got Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, probably a second-round pick somewhere. But quarterbacks are few and far between in this draft, and quarterbacks make the draft sexy. It's not sexy this year. You got offensive linemen. You got defensive linemen. You got edge rushers. You got uh, a couple of defensive backs and a bunch of wide receivers. Sauce Gardner, what a great name, by the way. The defensive back from uh, Cincinnati. He'll probably go in the top five. Maybe the top three. Maybe the Texans take him third. But quarterback is missing. The only quarterback we're talking about is Baker Mayfield. Where's he going to go? Who's going to take a chance? Maybe after the first round when uh, a couple of these teams don't get a quarterback and they say, where are we going to go now? Maybe they trade the Browns and, and get uh, Baker Mayfield. Browns aren't going to release Baker Mayfield because they got to pay that salary. So they're not going to release him. If he ends up being the backup in Cleveland behind Deshaun Watson, so be it. He'll be a disgruntled backup. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore, and Cleveland, quite frankly, doesn't want him in Cleveland anymore. But you're not going to just – you're not going to release him, have to pay his salary, and, you know, what if the Steelers pick him up and all of a sudden they're playing against you twice a year and you're paying their quarterback? So we got to figure out what – that's the story, Baker Mayfield. The other story is Debo Samuel. San Francisco wide receiver slash slot back slash running back. Do it all, Debo Samuel. He doesn't want to be in San Francisco anymore. He has requested a trade, and he wants to be gone. If I'm the Jets, Debo Samuel's a first-team All-Pro who can do a whole lot of different things. If I'm the New York Jets and I've got the fifth pick and the tenth pick, I'm putting those together and saying to San Francisco, here you go, here are two top ten picks this year we will take Debo Samuel. We'll take him. Now, I don't know if Debo Samuel wants to go to the Jets. I can't imagine anybody would want to go leave San Francisco and go play for the Jets. I mean, that just that seems like uh, you're in the Premier League soccer and you're being relegated to a team that's no longer in the Premier League. I know it's not that, but that's what it feels like. So Baker Mayfield's a story. Debo Samuel's a story. He wants out of San Francisco. They're not trading Jimmy G. Jimmy G, but again, when I say they're not trading Jimmy G, they're telling us they're not trading Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what they're telling us. This is draft week. Don't believe anything you hear from any agent or any general manager or any coach. Don't believe it until it happens. That's what draft week is all about. It's all about deception. It's all about lying. Who are you taking with the first pick? Last year, we knew Jacksonville was taking Trevor Lawrence. There were no secrets there. This year, Jacksonville, maybe they take Hutchinson. Maybe they take Trayvon Walker. Maybe they go somewhere else that we don't see coming. Maybe they take Sauce Gardner. 
Maybe they decide our lines are good enough. We need a defensive back. Now, as the number one pick, you don't have to be secretive. You can tell the world like they did last year. <laughs> Dude, we're taking Trevor Lawrence. Anybody that thinks we're not, um, you might want to check yourself in because you're either on something or you're crazy. But for some reason, the Jag- maybe the Jags don't know who they're taking. It's three days away. Maybe they love the half, maybe half of the organization loves the high ceiling of Trayvon Walker, and the other half of the organization loves the safe pick. You know what you're going to get out of Aiden Hutchinson. And maybe 20% of the organization wants a defensive back in Sauce Gardner. So they're not telling you anything because they flat out don't, maybe they don't know who they're going to take yet. The rest of these picks from two on down, they're not revealing anything. And when you hear a team say, this is who we like, if you hear a general manager, let's say Detroit with the second pick or Houston with the third pick, and the GM comes out and says, you know, we really like fill in the blank. We really like Sauce Gardner. We really like Malik Willis. The Lions, you know, we're not sold on Jared Goff. I know we made the trade, but they gave us some draft picks. And quite frankly, we uh, we really like Sauce Gardner here. Or we really like Malik Willis. They're lying to you. And what they're doing is they're lying to all the teams that are drafting below them. Here's what's going to happen Thursday. The Jaguars are going to pick either Hutchinson or Walker, probably as of right now, Trayvon Walker. And the Lions are going to leak out who they like. And who they like is going to be somebody that the Giants or the Jets or the Panthers at at, uh, seven or six, excuse me, or the Texans at three, it's going to be somebody one of these teams really likes. And the Lions are going to say, well, I I think we're going to take him. And the Giants are going to step up and say, wait a minute. We'll give you our fifth pick and a second-round pick and a a sixth-round pick if you give us your second-round pick because that's who we really want. That's what's going to happen. Unless the Lions are in love with Hutchinson, that's what's going to happen. And the Lions are going to have to weigh, do do we want to drop to five, give up our two, but get two later draft picks? Because we really don't, you know, we got four or five different guys, throw them in a hat, we'll take any of them. That's that's what's going to happen. Because whenever a GM or a uh, team representative sends out on draft day, this is who we like, that's not who they like. That's who they want you to think they like if you're the other team. That's where they're throwing, they're putting the bait on the line, they're throwing it into the lake, and they're seeing if they can get a bite. That's all they're doing. I love the NFL draft. First, uh, when I got married in 1900, the year of our Lord, 1988, uh, the wife and I went to Hawaii on our honeymoon. I watched the draft. Watch the NFL draft in the room. Yeah, I know I'm a nerd. Uh, but it was 6 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go to the beach yet. 
The draft back then started at Saturday on on Saturday at noon. Saturday at noon. So I watched the draft on Saturday at noon, Eastern Time, six a.m. Hawaii time, with Mel Kiper. And my wife trying to get some sleep, and I'm sitting there, you know, breaking down whether the Cowboys got to took the right guy in the draft. Yeah, that's just sad. Now it's a production. It's in Vegas. You know, here's the maybe one of these uh, players that's supposed to be in the green room doesn't show up on Thursday night. Maybe they're on a heater, right? They're at the uh, craps table on a heater or the blackjack table. And the uh, Jaguars select Trayvon Williams, defensive lineman, University of Georgia. Uh, Trayvon, where are you? Trayvon? Well, he's over at Excalibur cleaning up on the blackjack table. I just couldn't get away. Just send me my Jaguars jersey over here. I'll put it on. We'll take some pictures. But I got to get back to the tables. Vegas, baby. You never know what's going to happen in Vegas. I will take a break. More to come, uh, and I will get to NBA playoff talk. I'll try to give you some winners tonight. Not a good bucket over the weekend. We'll talk about that as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the day. The Eminem Cartage Highline is open, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Text line open as well, sponsored by Thornton's, 502-414-1450. Hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 414-1450. The Big X golf cards are ready to go. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. You can play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake, all for under $25 a round with cart included. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com. Supply is limited. So pick up your Big X Sports Radio golf card today. Looking at the mock draft from Peter King of NBC Sports, he's got Daryl Stingley going uh, 12th to the Minnesota Vikings. That's too low. I know that guy, he battled some injuries. But, uh, boy, if you can get Daryl Sting, Derek Stingley, I said Daryl, Derek Stingley at 12. Wow. Kayvon Thibodeau, by the way, dropping to 13th, the edge rusher from Oregon. Um, I mean, he was top three, right, at the end of the year? Top three? Uh, so here's Peter King's first 10. He's got uh, the Jags taking Trayvon Walker from Georgia, and he's got uh, Detroit with Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan. We kind of, we kind of feel like at least right now that's pretty much set in stone. Iki Ikwanu, the uh, offensive tackle from North Carolina State, three to Houston. The Jets take Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, the defensive back. The Giants offensive tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi State. At six, the Panthers, Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. At seven, the Giants, I think this is a steal, Kyle Hamilton, the safety of Notre Dame. Atlanta at eight, Drake London, wide receiver, Southern Cal. And nine, Houston. Um, this is a projected trade here. It's a Seahawks pick. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver of Ohio State. And at 10, the Jets take Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. So that's one of many, many projections. That one's Peter King 
from uh, Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports. Right, the bucket was two and four over the weekend. Not good. I know Buckster Lou, uh, he wants my pick so he can bet against me every day. Uh, it worked out for him this weekend. I had Atlanta and Phoenix on uh, Friday night, but I had the, the Bulls. They only got beat by 30. And then Saturday, Philadelphia, they couldn't finish off Toronto. I had Utah to win easily. They got uh, they won by one. And then I had, uh, once again, had Brooklyn to beat the Celtics. I picked Brooklyn to beat the Celtics in all three games. And I'm a Celtic fan. Celtics play great defense. Great defense. And I heard uh, Jeff Van Gundy this morning say he thought Celtics were going to win the title. Hope he's right. I don't believe him, but I hope he's right. I don't see it happening. But uh, I've taken the Bucks in all three games so, or the Nets in all three games so far, and been wrong. All right, uh, Miami wins two. Uh, uh, Miami splits with Atlanta over the weekend. Atlanta won Friday, one eleven to one ten. Trey Young with a floater late in the game, under five seconds to play. He had twenty four in the game, but then yesterday. Miami destroys Atlanta, 110-86. to They now lead that series three games to one. Jimmy Butler, 36 yesterday. Trey Young held to nine. That's two of the four games in which Trey Young has scored in single digits. That can't happen, or Atlanta has, as we saw yesterday, no chance. Milwaukee beat Chicago twice over the weekend, Friday 111-81. to no, uh, no Chris Middleton, no problem. They beat him again yesterday. 119 to 95. Uh, here's the kicker. All right. Chicago at home, where Grayson Allen in the middle of the season had a flagrant two against Alex Caruso, broke his wrist. Um, Allen was suspended. He was fined. And he is public enemy number one in Chicago. He had 22 points in game three. And he had 27 points in game four amidst all the booing that went on every time he touched the basketball. Look, if you're not a Duke fan, you don't like Grayson Allen. You remember the tripper at Duke. He would trip people. Um, he is public enemy number one in Chicago, and he went in there and averaged 24 and a half points a game over two games. Milwaukee now leads that series three games to one, headed back home where they will, in all likelihood, finish off the Bulls. Um, I didn't mention Giannis, the Greek freak. Yesterday he had 32 points, 17 rebounds, 7 assists, and you barely notice. That's how great he is. You barely notice. Uh, also in the East, Saturday, Toronto beat Philly 110-102 to to stave off elimination. Philly still leads that series three games to one. Game five is tonight in Philadelphia. We'll give you a pick on that one. Pascal Siakam had 34 to uh, keep the Raptors alive there. And the other Eastern series, the one I'm excited about, Boston beat Brooklyn 109-103 in the BK. Celtics lead that series 3-0. Game four tonight, they go for the sweep. Uh, 7 o'clock on TNT. Jason Tatum had 39 on Saturday night. Uh, Ky Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, 16 apiece. So Tatum outscored the dynamic duo by seven points all by himself. Celtics, 
I don't want to get too excited because as a Celtic fan, I certainly didn't think at least midseason they would be in this position. Had had you know, they played good defense. I knew that. Uh you've got two scores in Tatum and Brown. Brown was Jalen Brown was hurt a lot of the year. So I didn't have a lot of faith. But Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. Um Robert Williams came back in game three from his knee injury. He played, I think, 12 minutes. He played okay. Grant Williams is just tough. Peyton Pritchard comes off the bench. He'll hit a couple of big threes for you. Derek White, who they got uh, in the San Antonio, and the Romeo Langford trade, as a matter of fact, from San Antonio midseason. He's been great in spots. They just, you know, they're deep. They got a deep bench. You you don't put a lot of stock into that, but look at the Lakers. They didn't have a good bench. Look at the Nets right now. They don't have a good bench. Got to have some guys that can come off the bench and contribute because the Stars are going to play 40 minutes, but they're not going to play 48 minutes. They're not. Nobody plays 48 minutes. So the Celtics, uh, one-point underdogs tonight in Brooklyn as they try to close it out on the road tonight. Uh, you wonder if the Celtics just – Go through the motions tonight. Yeah, if we win, we win. If we lose, eh, we're going back to back home. So no big deal. I'll give you a pick on that game. Guess which way I'm going. I picked Brooklyn in all three games. The Celtics have won all three games, and I'm a Celtic fan. So guess who I'm going to pick? All right, Western Conference uh, Friday. Phoenix beat New Orleans one fourteen to one eleven. Uh, again, no Devin Booker here. The Suns struggled. But uh, they got a great game from DeAndre Ayton. He had 28-17. and 17. Last night, however, New Orleans paid them back 118-103. That, that series is even at two games. Brandon Ingram had 30. DeAndre Ayton had 23 for the Suns in a losing effort. Monty Williams, Phoenix coach, went off after the game about the free throw disparity between Phoenix, the road team, and New Orleans, the home team, 42-15. to 15. Free throw attempts. New Orleans had 42, and the Suns had 15 free throw attempts. That seems a bit amiss, askew, if you will. But that series is now two all. Booker with the hamstring. This is now dangerous for for Phoenix because as good as Chris Paul is and as good as DeAndre Ayton is, they need that third guy. Cam Johnson maybe steps up. Uh, Jay Crowder maybe steps up, somebody off the bench. But without Booker, that's a that's a whole lot to make up for because he does a lot more than just take jump shots. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play the rest of this series with that tweaked hamstring. And if he doesn't, look, New Orleans is talented. New Orleans is really, really talented. And – does Zion maybe play in game five, question mark? We've seen videos of him dunking and playing a little three-on-three. Three. I don't know why he hasn't played yet. He seems to be healthy enough to give you, you know, give me 10 minutes. Give me 12 minutes. Give me 15 minutes off the bench. Not to play 40 minutes. A talent like that, if he's healthy enough to play, you play him. He's played with most of these guys. The big move by New Orleans was was uh, trading, getting C.J. McCollum in, in the, during the season. That was a big move because it made them, it gave them another weapon. 
We know what Brandon Ingram brings to the table. Uh, Valachunas is a big man, pretty good. But C.J. McCollum put him over the top as far as being a dangerous team in the playoffs. Uh, Saturday, Utah beat Dallas 100-99. to Rudy Gobert had a late dunk and a late contest of a uh, three-point shot. Uh, Luka Doncic in his return, a loss, by the way. Uh, he had 30. Donovan Mitchell, 23 for the Jazz. They will play game five tonight, locked up at two apiece. Luka looked pretty good the other day. He'll be even better tonight. Dallas is a three-point favorite. That's the late TNT game at 930 tonight. Give you a pick here shortly. Minnesota beat Memphis uh, Saturday, 119-118 in Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns bounced back from a terrible game with 33 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, John Morant, he was great. He's fun to watch for Memphis. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 15 assists for Morant. Um, So that series is two apiece. That series is two apiece. They'll play, I think, tomorrow night. Look, I, I bet two teams to win the uh, the title. I bet the Celtics because I'm a fan, but I bet Memphis. I really like this Memphis team. They're young. Maybe they're not ready to win yet, kind of like Phoenix last year, not quite ready. Chris Paul got them to the finals, but the rest of those parts, just not quite there. Milwaukee was there a couple years ago, just not quite there. Last year they got over the hump. But if Phoenix gets beat by New Orleans in this series, all of a sudden – it's not a clear path, but Memphis will have something to say about who goes to the finals. Uh, also, last night, Denver beat Golden State 126-121. They stave off elimination. The Joker had 37-8. and Steph Curry off the bench, 33. I imagine he's going to now start in game five when they get back to Oakland uh, because he didn't start again last night. All right, here's your picks for tonight. 7 o'clock, Boston at Brooklyn. Celtics lead 3-0, TNT, 7 o'clock. Brooklyn one-point favorite, I'm taking the Nets. I'm 0-3 in this series. I've taken the Nets every time. I'm going again here. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm a Celtic fan. I want them to win the game. I do think Brooklyn wins tonight to send it back to the Garden. I don't think the Celtics really care if they win tonight or not. 8 o'clock, Toronto at Philadelphia. Fred Van Vliet not going to play. He's got a hip issue for Toronto. That hurts. Uh, the spread's seven and a half. I'm just going to take the points in Toronto because it's the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. Philadelphia can close them out tonight. Joel Embiid's going to have surgery on his torn ligament in his shooting hand thumb after the season. But uh, he wasn't himself the other night. So give me Toronto and the points. Utah, Dallas. Dallas is three. I'm going to take the Mavs here. They're the higher seed. They're considered the better team. Jalen Brunson found something while Luka was out those first two game, first three games. So I give me Luka, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie to get it done tonight as three-point favorites over the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz, look, they missed Joe Ingles, who, they, who got hurt and then got traded. They're not the same team they were last year. They're just not. So there you go. Brooklyn minus one, Dallas minus three, Toronto plus seven and a half. Those are the picks for tonight. Take it with a grain of salt. Buckster in Shively. I know he's going to go over and he's going to bet Boston and uh, the Sixers and Utah because that's how you win money.
We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.